Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have two very special guests with me here in the Adweek Studios in New York City. And both of these guests have been on CMO Moves before, so I am delighted that they agreed to come back, share what's new. But I'm going to step out of the way and let them interview each other. But I do want to say thank you and welcome back to both of them. So, Rick Gomez, thank you for coming back. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. When we did your podcast last year, you were the chief marketing officer of Target. And then your role expanded, and now you're the chief marketing and digital officer of Target. I now oversee the e-commerce business. Amazing. So, first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I remember so much about your podcast. So many people have reached out to me since they heard it. I mean, you you moved so many people. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. You're that's absolutely nice. well-deserved. I mean, the way that you told the story about your dad and how you got your role. And mm-hmm. even Shane and I were talking, and we both teared up during that. It was that, a, so. family, a family affair, for sure. It was. It was. And it's now part of our family. We are grateful for that wonderful story. But it was around empathetic leadership. And so such an important topic today. We've been talking about it all week in terms of how we can all do better. So I'm glad that you're able to come back and join us. And, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, and talk with another empathetic leader who's to my <laughs> right over here, who Pam Kaufman is the president of Viacom Consumer Products. And Pam, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I am so excited to have you here. I remember we did your podcast, and so you were literally two weeks into the new role. Because before that, you yes. were CMO at Nickelodeon. That's correct. Yes. So I can't wait to hear from your interview with Rick, because I'm not going to be interviewing you today, how that goes. But we called your podcast Chief Motivational Officer, because you said no matter what role you're in, that's your job. Well, what I said was I remember meeting a CEO Mm -hmm. who I said, what is the most important part of your job? And he said, actually, I'm the CMO. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, I'm the Chief Motivational Officer. And I thought, well, okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I've tried to adopt. And certainly have, because you won Mentor of the Year Award, too, from 
Women in Toys. Yes, I did. That was awesome. And one of my heroes gave me the award. Kathy Kennedy came in and I said, if I'm going to get this award, I got to get from one of my mentors. It was a great moment. Awesome. Okay. Well, with that, I'm going to get out of the way. You guys got a lot to talk about. So enjoy the show with Pam (laughs) and with Rick. And uh, here you go. Thank you. Let's jump in. Okay. Um, You do have a bigger job. Yes. And since I've known you, you've you got promoted, bigger responsibilities. It's now global. Do you want to talk about how that transition has gone? Yeah, sure. In the last year and a half, I have really enjoyed learning the international marketplace. You know, I grew up at Viacom. Before that, as Nadine said, I, I was the CMO at Nickelodeon. And I was part of the consumer products business, but now I'm overseeing all of the global consumer products business for the Viacom brands. So that means I now oversee... In addition to Nickelodeon, which, by the way, is having a big moment, Nickelodeon has a new president, Brian Robbins, and SpongeBob's having his 20th birthday. But in addition to that, I'm also working on MTV, which has been awesome. So MTV, that includes the brand MTV, Wild and Out. I'm also working on Comedy Central and a little show you might have heard called South Park. Mm-hmm. You heard of that? I have. Okay, just yep. making sure. BET, which is yep. a really exciting brand at the moment, and then also working on Paramount Pictures. Oh. So it's the first time I'm working really across the company, and that's been great, along with a lot of the Paramount Film Library. So that includes Godfather, Mean Girls. I mean, it's really interesting yeah. to go from kids and family now to this broader approach, and then globally. Yeah. So for the last year, I've been hitting as many markets as possible, meeting the teams, getting to know the business in each market, also understanding the retail relationships, who our partners are, and that has been amazing. How do you keep it all straight? I mean, there's so many different networks, different demographics, and I imagine like country by country, there are all kinds of nuances. First of all, it's the one question I ask a lot of my colleagues. When you're global, how do you think about the cadence of travel? For me, at least over the last year, I, I really do have to focus on the top 10 markets. You just have to prioritize about what's driving the business. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon is still the biggest share of our revenue, and mm-hmm. so it does demand the most attention. But yeah, it's been a, a fantastic year. So you're prioritizing based on which countries are most important, which properties are biggest to the business, right? but still, you got to have travel, I imagine, all over the world all the time. Yeah. How, how do you manage that? It is challenging. I mean, at the moment, my kids are out of the house. So I have to say the pressure of mom when they are not living at home anymore just sort of evaporates. Yeah. I'm married. You know, my husband has been awesome. I'm trying to travel with him. Yep. He's come with me on a few trips. Luckily, he's a consultant. He can do his work anywhere. So that's been great. Yeah, I I find like to make the travel from a work perspective workable, to be honest with you, you really have to bring the personal and the professional together. So I've actually made this habit of when I'm traveling, whether it's in L.A. or New York or San Francisco, I make a point of seeing friends I haven't seen in a long time just as a way to feel like I'm getting a little bit of balance of my personal and my professional. You're so right. Um, But I will say, I do think the good thing about traveling and traveling in particular outside the U.S. is just as a marketer, I think it's so good to get perspectives outside of our bubble. I was just recently in, gosh, Tokyo, Hong Kong, India, and just getting to see what's going on from a retail perspective. It's so inspiring. Well, it's great you said that because we're going to talk a lot about inclusion. And I have found this, again, to be a very 
interesting time. I was so nervous about, okay, now I'm going into a new market. I have to really understand the culture and the team, and it's taught me a lot. I'm sure in your path to get to where you are now, there have been a lot of people that have helped you. Do you want to talk a little bit about who some of those mentors were that really got you to where you are today? Sure. Um, my mom. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. No, we always talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely people in, in my career, and I, I will mention them, but it's amazing how, you know, you talked about your dad. It's like my mom from day one has said, when you show up, make sure that you are nice Mm-hmm. And you are inclusive and you are including people, whether you're walking through the door, talking to a receptionist or you're anybody on your team. And that has always stuck with me, That's that, that that acknowledgement of others. I mean, growing up, it was super annoying to have my mother <laughs> say, did you talk to this one? Did you do that one? But this idea of making sure that everyone in the room is comfortable has really served me well. So yeah. she's been a big influence. I mean, in your family, if you had the same thing. Yeah, I mean, my parents have been really important to me. My family are immigrants from Mexico. They crossed the Rio Grande and settled right there in McAllen, Texas. And that's where my parents met. And both really were important to me from a work ethic standpoint, prioritizing right. education. But my mom, she's special. She's very, very particular. And I'll just give you a little story. So growing up, back to school shopping, my mother had all of our colors done, and literally we would go shopping for clothes, and she would break out the swatches, and here I am in junior high. I have <laughs> braces, headgear, <laughs> acne, you know, little tiny skinny kid, and I'm like, Mom, I'd like this shirt for school, and she's like, well, let's see. Oh, honey, you're more of a brick red than no an way. orange red. No. So, But years later, what I've come to learn is... I think what my mom was saying is you got to bring your best self forward. Right. And you have to show up and know that it matters how you show up. And the details matter. And I think it was a simple thing, but I actually think it was a lifelong lesson Hmm. on how to show up. That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that. So now I just wear black. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that your mother had colors back then. That's so cool. No, it's funny, as you're talking, my dad, who passed away 11 years ago, he had a Wall Street job, and he was a really funny guy. And I'd say, Dad, can you be funny at work? And he'd say, having a sense of humor and bringing levity to a situation has actually been a big strength of mine. And I have a pretty good sense of humor. I I think that's one of your superpowers. Okay, I was just going to say, thanks. And I do think (laughs) my, my dad taught me that sometimes, you know, we walk into rooms and things might not be so easy, and I always thought about both what my mom said about making sure the room was set and people are comfortable and the dad bringing some sense of humor. I think it's super important. Particularly given how much stress we deal with and challenges we face in our businesses. I'm a huge believer in servant leadership. I I really believe that our role as leader is basically to make sure our teams have the right resources, Mm. um, they're Mm. focused on the right challenges, and then get out of the way and let them do their thing. I love that. I think it's people that are closest to the to the business, to the stores, to the guests, who really know the solutions, who have the ideas. And it's funny, I feel like the more senior I've gotten in marketing, the less marketing I really do, and the more I spend making sure the teams have clear priorities and have the resources they need to get the job done. I I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that is our job, right? And that's why it is still fun to do the store checks and go and sit with retail and our partners and and hear the issues on the ground. You kind of have to keep your ear to the ground while at the same time making sure you are arming your team. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about inclusion. You mentioned it before. Yep. 
And I know I saw on your feed that you had had a big event going on at Viacom. Inclusion Week. Inclusion Week. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and why inclusion is so important to Viacom? Sure. Bob Backish is the CEO of Viacom, and he's also somebody I really admire. And he's done an incredible job of really helping to change the culture of the organization, break down barriers and silos, and has a focus on inclusion. Mm -hmm. And for us... There are five ways we're thinking about inclusion. Okay. First, it's leadership. Yep. Of course, it starts at the top, and we are being incredibly intentional about bringing more women and people of color to our leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you're exactly the same way. Yeah, it's important, I think, for the C-suite and for the board. I right. mean, people want to see themselves in these right. leadership positions. Employees. So the second, it's yep. all about our employees, and we have done a tremendous amount of work to make sure that people on our teams are not just going to their Rolodex, that we are meeting people all over the industry and trying to bring new perspectives to the organization. We've also been leaning in through our employee resource groups. Mm -hmm. So we've got groups representing, obviously, all facets of the community. We have Parenthood group and the Somos group that is the Latina-led group, LGBTQ group with Emerge. And... I think from a consumer products perspective, we are leaning into these groups in a very big way. So we screened the Dora the Explorer movie for the Somos group and Mm -hmm. got their perspective and checking in with the parenthood group on some of our characters and how they're dressed. So that has been a big piece of it. And then from a content and a consumer products perspective, that's really the fifth way. Making sure how we are representing our audience in front of the camera, behind the camera, the stories we're telling and also from our products. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's a really important part for us. It, and I would say for Target as well. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, you mentioned in C-suite and board the idea of gender representation and the idea of people of color. Conversation that we're having a lot at Target is let's open up the aperture and think about diversity and inclusion in a really broad way. Thinking about it really as for all. So, we're thinking about it from a multicultural perspective a gender perspective, sexual orientation, abilities, age. And you have some really interesting examples of oh, how you've brought that to life. Yeah, even and even like size. I mean, right. that's part of inclusivity. And, right. you know, we were talking a little bit before about design collaborations right. and how important they are. And, you know, I, I think if you can look at a design collaboration and you can say, wow, that's about taking this designer and making it accessible making it affordable, but it actually is something much bigger than that. It actually is the idea of design for all. And it's the way of saying that good style, fashion, access to these designers, it should be for everybody, not just people who have money. Everybody cares about great style. And we're really proud of the fact that this year we celebrated our 20th anniversary of design partnerships. Yeah, there are a few pieces I couldn't get, so I yeah. might be following it, up with you after that. Okay. It, a, it, it goes fast. Is, Scarcity breeds demand. <laughs> um, but it's been 20 years. started with Michael Graves yeah, right. 20 years ago. Yeah. And since then, there have been everything from Zach Posen, McQueen, to Lily Pulitzer, to right. you name it, the ton. Victoria but, Beckham. Victoria Beckham. Just, you know. But as you mentioned, Victoria Beckham, one of the things we're really proud of is not only just making designers accessible, but actually going to the designers and saying, we want size inclusivity. Right. Victoria Beckham had never had size inclusivity before. And to go in and say that we believe that this is what the American consumer wants. And that's been a a way for us to drive more inclusivity. Our casting, we show that these designer collaborations are for everybody. And it's it's an idea of inclusivity that's big and broad and includes multicultural and includes 
different ages and different sizes and all different backgrounds. You have really led in this space. I just want to acknowledge that because, first of all, I we it's amazing what you're doing, but also... For us, our licensees now, two in particular who I love working with, Mad Engine and Freeze, they too are expanding sizes. And look, our consumer, especially from a kid's perspective, is changing. And it's just been amazing thanks to how Target's led in terms of sizing for all. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't talk about inclusivity and not put your money where your mouth is. Right. And at Target, we want people to feel like when they walk in that they are welcome, they're respected, they belong, regardless of who they are. And you've changed the mannequins. We've changed the mannequins. So I mannequins mean, now amazing. go from size 4 to size 22. I mean, that that was And you know what? When, when people walk in and they see those mannequins, right. it doesn't matter what size you are. You like the idea of inclusivity. And I think the other thing that I'm really proud of is we just launched a line of Halloween costumes that are for kids in wheelchairs. So you have this elegant princess and her wheelchair turns into a carriage. Or you have a pirate and the wheelchair turns into a pirate ship. We have adaptive Halloween costumes that have holes in the abdomen for medical devices. They're really important to our brand, and they're even more important to our team members because they just have this sense of pride of... Target's doing the right thing, and I want to be a part of that. It's and not easy, though. It's, 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 it's it not. can be challenging. It's, it's, it is challenging, and I think when it gets challenging, the way to solve those shades of gray and how to deal with it is to go back to co- the consumer and right. the consumer insights. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do have to lead our partners the same way you just said about Victoria Beckham mm-hmm. and how – it's not maybe not be obvious to them. You know, we work with so many different toy companies. Mm-hmm. They don't always want to do the second and third character that might not be a Caucasian character. They might not always want to change features um, in toy representation. And again, I'm super proud of the way our team has pushed on bigger, diverse representation mm-hmm. at the toy space as well as with our characters. And I think... We just want to keep leading in that space. Yeah, and I agree. It's not easy. No. We had an example of how it's not easy when we ran some creative that had a Spanish-language song in the background, and we ran it on English-language TV. And Spot is amazing. I'm really proud of the creative. It was focusing on our fall style mm. work, and it, w- it was terrific. Uh, but we did get complaints. We why? got letters that why would we have Spanish-language on English-language network? Really? And because I'm... Latino, I was called out as, you know, this is my agenda. Hmm. And so it does force you in those moments to pause, to think, am I doing the right thing for our guest, for our brand, or is this me? And you go back to the consumer insights and you go back to the consumer data and you realize, you know what, our guest is increasingly multicultural and we're doing what's right for the brand and we're doing what's right for the consumer. And when we do that, we're okay, and we can take some negative emails. You know, I, I grew up at Nickelodeon, and it's always been what's good for kids is good for business. Right. And in many cases where we, too, might have gotten people questioning some of the decisions we're making, in the end, we're doing what's right for the audience. Right. And the business always follows. And that's why I feel like I have the support of the company when I can push back on some of these products and some of these companies that are not a thousand percent on board with us. Right. You're putting your guest, your consumer in your language, 100%. your consumer and, first. And, and I think it's when great you do working that, for a company that feels that way. Right. Right. You know, I, an example I would give you is we just launched a new women's intimates line called Auden. And um, it's a great example, I think, of putting the guest first and listening to mm-hmm. the guest. 
And what we learned in listening to the guest was when it comes to finding a bra that fits, mm. it's incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. It's emotionally exhausted. Yes, it is. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, as a result, actually, this is fascinating. 80% of women aren't wearing a bra that fits them, and they don't blame the bra. They blame themselves. They think something is wrong with their body, not the manufacturer, not the brand, not the construction. Mm. And what we said was, listening to the guest, what you're looking for is a stylish, affordable, well-fitting bra. You should have that. And that's what we delivered with a new line called Auden for our intimates. And it's doing incredibly well. And what I'm proud of is when you look at the marketing, we have women of all ages, of all backgrounds in the campaign. And I think that's an example of listening to what the guest wants right. and then being able to serve it up in a way that feels very target. Rick, how did you come up with that idea? Well, here, here's the deal. I think you have to listen to the consumer and listen to the guest. But then also you have to have people on your team that are willing to raise their hand and really say, hey, I have an idea or this is what I think because of who I am and my experiences. Mm -hmm. And you have to create that culture that fosters that ability to speak up. Right. And then That's you great. have to have that diversity on the team. You need right. people who reflect different experiences. Right. That's such a great story. You know, one of the examples I love to tell is both from a listening to the consumer and also the idea came from someone on our team is the amazing success we're having with Jojo Siwa, who, quite frankly, three years ago, four years ago, we didn't really understand the world of influencers. And so what happened very quickly was we wanted to figure out how to grow our business Mm -hmm. The three things we're hearing through Consumer Insights, we knew that kids actually, the second most important person in their lives were influencers next to parents. And the second thing we saw is that we looked at the data coming out of retail was that for us, for the Nickelodeon consumer products business and business in general, there was a big void in the 9 to 14-year-old aisle. There hadn't been a One Direction, a Justin Bieber, kind of that pop star out there. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece that kind of brought it together is the team. So we went to the team. We said, we see this opportunity. And a person on my team came forth and said, you know, I know this, this young woman. Mm -hmm. She's 12. She did not grow up at Nickelodeon. But... I think she could yeah. be perfect for us. And we met Jojo Siwa. She had just come off of Dance Moms. And it was so great because when we met her, she was this young woman who had a very, very small consumer products business. But she also talked a lot about being bullied while she was on Dance Moms. Mm -hmm. She talked about how much she loved Nickelodeon, how much she loved her family. And she could have grown up with us, quite frankly, at Nickelodeon. So we took a bet. Thanks to someone on our team mm -hmm. who brought this idea forward. We never would have heard it. And, you know, fast forward three years later, JoJo is a billion-dollar business. She's, She's so a talented, a I phenomenon. Mean, yeah. We've had an amazing partnership with Target on yeah. her. Um, thank you. And we've also now watched her grow. She's just turned 16. She's got a sold-out tour. Her business is up across the board. And I think one of the main reasons is she's so authentic. Yeah. She totally represents today's consumer. And we never would have found her if we weren't listening to our organization, That's quite right. frankly. And I think it's a great example of why you need to have a team of diverse perspectives right. um, who can, and a culture where people feel comfortable bringing these ideas forward. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really proud also. I mentioned the employee resource groups mm -hmm. earlier. I and mean, it's amazing to have people on my own team, not only 
being part of these organizations, but leading conversations. And yeah. it's obviously vital today. Yeah, I serve as an executive leader for our LGBTQ plus ERG. We call them business councils. And I'll tell you, I, what I love about it most is I learn so much. Right. And you think you know everything there is to know about diversity and inclusion. You know, I've been championing it for, for such a long time. But they're teaching me, and it just is such a good reminder that DNI journey is long, and I think we are all learning, and in particular from the Gen Z demographic. I totally agree. And right now, we're very focused on bringing other people also into the groups yep. that are not necessarily of that specific gender or people who are not parents being in the parenting group, et cetera. So, um, expanding it to be inclusive of allies. It. Right, exactly. That makes a ton of sense. All right, so I know we're, um, we're wrapping up here. What are you looking forward to? you got so much going on. So what is keeping you excited? Well, you know, retail, it's all, particularly when you sell toys, electronics, and apparel, it is all about the holidays. All about so the holidays. So we are super focused on uh, the holidays and fourth quarter and uh, going into that season with a big body of marketing work that I'm really proud of what the team has done. But what's exciting this year is we have something in our toolbox that we've never had before, mm. and that is a new loyalty program. And that's going to enable us to shift from being a mass marketer to actually being much more of a personalized one-to-one. -one. And it's a free program. People can sign up. We have tons of perks like community giving and access to events and 1% savings on all your shopping at Target. What's the name of the program? Target Circle. Great. Now, your turn, Pam. Tell okay. me, what are you excited about? Well, aside from the first-ever Paw Patrol Target gift card. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. <laughs> Very excited about that. Uh, no, I'm actually, uh, of course, I'm excited about that. But we are relaunching one of the greatest preschool shows ever this fall, Blues, Clues, and You, with a new host, Josh De La Cruz. That's exciting. Uh, so it's really exciting. And we have a new SpongeBob series coming up called Can't Quarrel, a new Spongebob film next year, so I'm very excited about that. And next summer, get ready, Top Gun Maverick, the sequel's oh, coming, so I'm really excited wait. about that program. And then finally, actually, we just announced we acquired Garfield. Oh, wow. So we are going to relaunch um, Garfield back. the it's original exciting. Grumpy Cat. All right. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Sounds great. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, my God, I'm sitting here. I've it's been so Do hard. Do we have for to me. finish? We have so much more. I know. More to say. I feel like we could be talking all day. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been sitting here, literally wanting to jump in on every particular part of this thing, and it's so hard for me to just not jump in and be like, "Oh, you tell should me have more. joined the conversation." I know, but you guys were going on a roll, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Um, but I have to tell you, that was super fun, and I'm so excited about all the cool things that are coming down the pipe for both of you. And uh, you. I do have one or two questions actually myself. So, okay. <laughs> I always end my podcast uh, with if you were not a CMO and money and talent were no object, you could do anything in the world except what you're doing now, mm -hmm. what would you do? And in both the podcasts that we had with you two, you answer that question. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to quiz you. What would Pam want to do? Oh, boy. I know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know the answer. I think Pam would like to be a professor or teach, not necessarily younger kids, but like older kids. I literally said that to my best friend last night. 
But you also said it on no. your podcast. <laughs> oh, you said it to thousands oh. of people. Oh. Really funny. Oh my god, that's so wow. No, I said that last night also when I was coming home from my Madonna concert. Yeah. I my friend said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I really would love to teach." Yeah, I'm not a mind college. reader. I just listen. To oh, the podcast. sorry. Wow. All right, you want to guess what? Rick oh is? well, I feel like um, yeah, I think you would also teach. That's close. I feel like but you... But it's not as serious a teaching as your kind of teaching. My, what I had said I would like to do is to be a soul cycle instructor because, one, they're in amazing shape. They're super inspirational, right? And they have rhythm. You could do... Like, I, I want all those. But but I I think I got it right. Because you, right. you would be... Inspi- you you want to inspire... College and I'll teach spin class. <laughs> Done. Done. Deal. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. I was laughing Shit, so hard when he told me that. That was when the Amy Schumer movie came out yeah, too. Still, and it yeah. was so perfect. And I, and I was sitting there, I was like tweeting Amy Schumer. <laughs> really Guess funny. what her comment said on his podcast? Oh my god. Well, it's funny. She never. No, this me, is, a lot of people do say to me like, also, what job influenced your career? And I always say being a waitress uh, because yeah. I learned how to sell. Yeah. I always had to get that check a little higher, especially for the women that wanted to split things. I was like, really? And also, (laughs) I mean, and then also like managing the kitchen, managing the, the, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I know you two so well now. It's like, I just, I would love to just go have cocktails with you right now. Uh, But on that note, so then Rick, what was the odd job you had growing up that taught you something important? One of my favorite jobs was I coached a swim team. And coaching kids and teaching them how to swim and then see them get across the pool and that look of satisfaction, that's magical. And I think it's, it is teaching. And there's something that I think is really satisfying about I that. was a tennis instructor oh, there you for go. three years. And I know what you mean. The first time they could hit that forehand over, right? it was great. And you were offering something. Yes. It was fantastic. Yes. Wow. Okay, so I could go on about this more and more and more. Okay, but yeah. last question, and this will be the five-second oh, like question. question? Oh. Yep, last question for you. What did you do this week outside of work that made you smile? I did two things that made me smile this week. And okay. I had a great week, I just have to say. So Monday night, I went to a great exhibit in Williamsburg called Beyond the Streets, which was just an extraordinary collection of graffiti art. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, if the Beastie Boys could have known one day they'd be <laughs> in a museum. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I saw that on your feet. It looked very cool. Oh, it was amazing. And then I told these guys last night I went to see Madonna at the Brooklyn oh, Academy so of cool. Music. It was incredible. It was like, How do I follow parts- that? I don't Good luck with <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> You always have something brilliant that no, you're doing. No, I did nothing brilliant. I was like, I was at a friend's birthday party on <laughs> Saturday. Okay, it's not Madonna. No, but was there Madonna performance at the party? But or no, no, but we're probably playing like yeah. it was a pool party. Yeah. It was very fun. That sounds very fun. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so I know you've got a flight to catch, and yeah. um, you probably have to go see Madonna again someplace. Uh, <laughs> I'm having but... lunch with her, but whatever. <laughs> Thank you both so much for coming back. This has been awesome. Thank you, Nadine. A lot of fun. Thank you, Nadine. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 